Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. Thanks for surviving the weather. But for us Californians, this is like a tropical storm. Um, we are so glad that you're, you're here to, to worship uh, with us. As Joel mentioned, uh, we're continuing uh, a series called Blindsided that we launched on Easter. And here at Ridgeview, what we do is we do like a message series most of the time, which is a set of weeks of talking about a specific uh, topic and then digging in what the Bible has to say about that with really the hopes of applying it uh, to our life. And so this series has been looking at things that we all experience, uh, but we don't see coming, hence the definition of a blindside. We, we all experience it, so we're all like in danger of these things, uh, but most of the time they, they just kind of hit us in life, in our circumstances, uh, in our relationships, and, and we don't see them coming. And so today we're talking about uh, burnout and this idea of being overwhelmed, being weary, being stressed, uh, feeling the weight of life upon your shoulders. And one of the things that I know in my own life is when I feel like this, it's actually very hard to, to move forward because when life is weighing on you, it does feel like this weight and it feels like you are just trying to kind of trudge through mud and it becomes very difficult to make progress. And so today we're looking at how do we take the things that are on our plate and don't just wish them away because that doesn't happen a lot. But, but how do we actually deal with the things that, that are weighing on us? But So we're kind of on the same page. I thought I would define uh, what burnout is. And you'll see on the screen, and there's also a, a listening guide in your program that you can use every week. And their scriptures are on there and the points are on there. And there's a pen and you can take notes if that's helpful to you. But here's the definition of burnout. Exhaustion of physical or emotional strength, usually as a result of prolonged stress or frustration. And so the question is, in the last month, have you guys felt this in your own life, this prolonged stress, something that's weighing on you, or just frustration? There's things that you hope to see happen that are not yet, and it's frustrating you, and it's weighing on you, and it's causing this. I know for me, like, I experienced this. And what happens over time, it's not just something that happens like you have a bad day at work or a bad day with the kids or a bad day with the spouse. It's kind of the sense of it's, it's kind of happening. There's a pattern that's going on. And as these patterns emerge, that's where you start to see a burnout. And it, and it usually leads to uh, images like this, which I, I like to look up, uh, demotivating posters, uh, burnout, attitudes are contagious, mine might kill you. That's kind of how you, you feel like when you're burnt out, not only are you stressed or frustrated, but at any moment you kind of feel like you just, you might, you might snap. And, and life, you know, feels like, like a rubber band, if you felt like this, like a rubber band is, is very handy, but, you know, when a rubber band starts to stretch and starts to stretch and starts to stretch, it, it breaks and it snaps your finger and it hurts really bad. <laughs> like I just experienced. But this is how life is. We get burnout and it's to the point where it's just pulling and pulling. We feel like I can't give anymore. I, I'm just overwhelmed. And so as we interact with people, um, we, we tend to let them, let them have it. I remember when I was uh, a new parent. And I just remember the reality, and I've talked about this before, but the reality of when you're short on sleep and you're in a new reality that you don't know, um, that, that burnout was becoming real. And you start to have these scenarios like, I'm never going to sleep the rest of my life, and I'm going to feel this stress the rest of my life. And you're starting to picture yourself like old and 95 years old, like I still haven't slept from my first child. Like that, these are the, the thoughts you, you begin to have. And then even as we've been getting this, this church started here at Ridgeview, um, it, it's, it's like my, my wife and I said, like, Ridgeview Church is our fourth child. We have three kids, and then we have Ridgeview. It's like a fourth child, and it, it really is. You, you have to 
work to get a new church started. And as you're working um, and you're trying to think of everything that can lead to more stress, and then as you're more stressed, that can lead to frustration. And you can actually experience burnout in, in ministry as well, just this overwhelming sense of responsibility and not quite sure how everything's going to turn out. And so can you relate to that? Are there some things in, in your life, even right now, that you're facing that you kind of say, you know, there is some prolonged stress and there's some frustration. So what I want you to do now, so you can kind of just have a sense to just talk about that. And when I say talk about it, I mean just write it down. Write, is there anything right now in your life where you sense burnout is, is upon you? Like, is there an area? Like, are you facing some things right now? And go ahead and just jot those down. On, on your notes this morning. Just take it like 10 seconds to think of that and, and jot it down. And my fingers still hurt, by the way, just for those of you that were wondering. you quiet people, this has been like the best sermon ever right now. It's just quiet. If you experts, you're like, dude, this is like the longest amount of silence I've ever, this is terrible. But the reason is it's good to slow down. It's good to just think. But the thing that, the thing that you've jotted down, I don't know exactly what it is, but I know that there's probably some of you who are parents and you feel burnout in your parenting, just that sense of you kind of want to keep training your kids. You kind of want to keep doing the, the right thing, but you're, you're tired. Uh, there's probably some of you who are in an immense busy season at work. And you need to produce, you need everything to come through, but you're just faced with just this task that's, that's upon you, and it's very difficult. You could have some relationships, and there's some problems with them, and you're trying to work your way through them, and that's adding stress, and that's adding a frustration. Wh- whatever it is, I, I want to encourage you. Feeling burnout um, doesn't mean that you're a failure. Feeling overwhelmed, feeling stressful, feeling frustrated, that, that actually doesn't mean that that something's wrong with you, it means that you have things on your plate that God's allowing to be on your plate. And instead of burning out, he wants to actually draw near to you to guide you through those things. And so I want to spend the time talking about how do we recognize uh, we're in danger, and then how does God help us? Because it's not just enough to know we have a a problem, but what does God want to do to, to, to move us forward? And so I want to kind of have 11 signs of burnout and these are 11 ways to kind of freak you out, okay? So not to discourage you, but just see if any of these appear in you. Here's 11 signs of burnout. Um, we're going to go through here quickly. One, your passion fades for what you're doing. How many of you on like a Sunday night, you begin to really like look at your week, and you're like, oh man, it, like it's about to start again, like work or school, whatever it is. It's just, you just kind of like wish every day was a Friday, right? I think that's kind of normal. Uh, number two, you're numb. You have a hard time relating to the highs and lows of life and people. People are really excited about something, and you're just like, that's, wow, that's so great. Or maybe people are really overwhelmed by something. You're like, I can't, I can't just put my emotional energy to try to help that person. It's, it feels overwhelming. Number three, uh, little things make you disproportionately emotional. You know, you don't have to acknowledge this, but is there something going on in your life, and you've just, just burst into tears recently? And men, you're, that, that could be you today. That's sometimes me, women, could be you as well. But there's just things that you face, and before you know it, you're like emotional. And for some, emotion is, is crying. For others, it's anger. 
For others, it's that frustration, but something happens and you just snap emotionally. That could be a sign. Uh, People and tasks drain you. Uh, You become more cynical. Number six, nothing satisfies you. Number seven, you can't think straight. Does anyone come to you and they start talking about something that needs to happen and you're just like, whoa, slow. What? What are you talking about? Have you ever felt like that? That, that, That's sometimes me. Uh, Productivity is dropping. Um, If you're a student and you've ever just tried to write a paper or you've ever tried to read a book and it's like, have you ever just reread the same page over and over again? And you're reading the words, it's weird. You can read the words and you can turn the page and you have no idea what you've just read. That's happened to me. Um, Number nine, you're self-medicating. You feel overwhelmed and so food may make you feel better. Prescription drugs may make you feel better. Drinking may make you feel better. It's this idea of it's as you're overwhelmed with stress and frustration, you you need something to cope. Number 10, you find yourself not laughing anymore. That's kind of actually really like sad. But that happens. You get to the point where it's like you, you don't remember the last time you laughed. Because life is weighing on you. And then sleep and time off no longer refuel you. This is the idea of like you're actually getting the rest, but you don't feel rested. And again, stress and frustration mounts, and this thing, th- these things are, are real. So the question is, if, if you have a few of these, you know, you, you might be in a prolonged sense of stress and frustration. Uh, if you have a lot of these, you could be kind of on your way to, to burnout. But again... Freaking out about a burnout just leads you there faster. So the question is, is can God help you? Lots of things, people have options to try to help them. But, but the question we're looking at today, because obviously we're looking to God for guidance, is can God help you? Are there some things that God can do to you right now, what you're facing, or use you as you're relating to other people that are facing this to, to move them forward, to give them a sense of, of, of help? And so... Here's my, my, my premise for how I believe God can, and this, this is it. You see it here on the screen. God never burns out, and he alone can renew our strength. So whatever we're facing as humans, whatever's on our plate, there has to come a point where we can turn to something outside of ourselves, outside of our circumstances to help us. And that's what God wants to do. And the reason God can do that is because he made you, and he made me. And so he knows you, and he knows me. He knows everything about me. He knows my strengths, he knows my weaknesses, he knows everything I'm facing. So not only does he know me as the creator, as my creator, as your creator, but he also has an unlimited supply of strength and power and help. And that's what we need when we're facing burnout and when we're blindsided by life, we need help. And so I want to focus today on this question is, well, if if this is true, if he doesn't burn out, he doesn't get tired, he doesn't grow weary, he doesn't get sick of us, and he can actually renew us. How, how does that happen? And I want to I read a scripture uh, from the Old Testament. And if you've ever read the Old Testament, it's filled with lots of stories of God working with people and then people going their own way and figuring out that life independent from God, while it seems promising, it never turns out right. And they turn back to God, and then they have a relationship with God, and then they decide, oh, okay, this was great, but I want to go back and do and And so there's a story after story in the Old Testament of this pressure that the people are facing, and they're either facing the pressure with God, turning to him for help, or they face the pressure and decide, we are self-sufficient people, we can do it on our own. And the Old Testament is kind of a record of how that goes each way. And when people turn to God for help, there's a certain blessing that comes. When they turn inward and focus on themselves, 
they experienced really hard things. But here's some of the things that they experienced in the Old Testament. They were enslaved. They wandered for years in the desert. They fought many wars. They had good kings. They had bad kings. They had invaders. They were in exile. They understood fatigue and burnout. In the middle of it, they were God's people, and he had called them to himself. And so you find a people that for generations had the weight of survival, not just stress, but the weight of just trying to survive on their shoulders. And God renewed them. And there's a a prophet called Isaiah in the Old Testament that spoke these words about in the 7th century before Christ. And I want to read through this and then talk about it. So this is in Isaiah 40. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is searchable. I just, I just want to stop right there. Again, one of the things that was happening in the time of the Old Testament, and happens a lot today, is when you face overwhelming stress and frustration, you tend to look at something to help you. And we talked about some of those things. Sometimes it's just someone else. I'm going to turn to this person, and this person is going to give me what I need, or something else, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's fun, whether it's food, whether it's clothes, whether it's money, whatever it is. In the Old Testament, they, they did that, but they also worshipped other things in, in the form of idols, uh, figurines that were built, and they worshipped these things that were made with human hands. And so what Isaiah is describing here is this reminder. He's asking this question, have you not heard? Of course they had heard. Have you not known? Of course they knew. They knew God was their God because he had done amazing things among them. But it's this reminder, and he's everlasting. He's the creator. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is searchable. So what they're saying is like, we serve a God that is not made with human hands. You've tried to worship idols made with human hands, he's reminding the people. But don't you forget, we search a God that made us. And we have a God that made us. And he's giving this question. And then it goes on in verse 29. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. Go on there to the next one. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They should run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, on your your listening uh, outline, that that whole passage is there. And I encourage you sometime this week to take some time to kind of look at those promises. Because I started with the question, can God help us? And this passage is God's answer to us saying, yes, I can. And here's why. Here's my credentials found in Scripture, the truth about who I am. Here's how you can turn to me. And so I want to just take some time to kind of pull out some of those truths, really for us to be encouraged and challenged by. And so here's my idea. How do, how do we bounce back from burnout? How do we move from that prolonged stress and frustration to receive help? Here's the first thing. Number one, we have to turn to God for perspective and help. So in the middle of everything that's overwhelming us, if we realize and we get to that point where we don't have the power within ourselves, because let's face it, we all have to get to that point. Like, I can't really change. I keep hitting myself against the wall, against the same problems. I'm just the cyclical person. Just I keep experiencing the same thing over again. I can't get out of my own mess. Um, we get to the point where that is where God wants us to be. God allows us to face things where we're bearing our own strength. We're bearing our own strength. We're just trying to hold it ourselves, and we realize like, we can't. We can't do it. We're overwhelmed. And at that point, God is saying, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to help you. And so when we 
feel that burnout and feel that frustration, we either will turn to God or not. And so that Isaiah is saying is, is, is do it. And here's why. And it was found in verse 28. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. I love that phrase, his understanding is unsearchable. Another translation says, his understanding no one can fathom. He knows and can see and picture every complicated thing in your life. You ever had a conversation with somebody and they're just like, how's it going? And you just, you, you tell them something like, I don't even know where to begin. I could try to explain what's going on and it won't even make sense. You ever find yourself doing that? Or you even try to make sense out of like the beginning from the end of a problem that you're in, and it feels just like one of those yarns that's just tangled or knotted, and you don't even know how to undo it. And what Isaiah is saying is, is we serve and can turn to a God whose understanding we, we can't even comprehend. His understanding is far beyond ours and far beyond the, the person with the most understanding and the most wisdom. It's unfathomable. It's unsearchable. So practically, that means he knows what, what you're going through. He knows what's on your plate. He knows what you need. And because of that, when you turn to God for help and perspective, uh, he will give it. And so I want to encourage you, many times we see God as being kind of this distant being. He's out there. And you may be there. Like, you believe in God and he's out there. You may be just asking the question, is he out there? Trying to figure it out. Is, Is he there? And then as you answer that question and you discover that he is, and you begin a relationship with him through the person of Jesus Christ, it goes from this distant, and this is the goal, it goes from this distant being to this God who draws near. And his understanding is known as we draw near to him. And the way that you gather the understanding of God is you draw it out from his word. And so part of turning to God for perspective and help, if you want God's perspective, read scriptures. The scriptures give his understanding. It gives his guidelines. It gives us help. It gives us encouragement. And many times in my life, I face things where they're beyond me. I turn to God and I pray and I say, God, I just need your help. I'm overwhelmed. And as I open up the Bible, they're described as like they're counselors. His words are counselors to us. They, they give us advice. He gives perspective in the moment. And that's why you need to turn to him. His, his understanding is unsearchable, but it's also not hidden from you. He wants to give it. But you have to actually take a step to to get it from him. And that's partly from turning to him for help and reading the Bible. The second thing that this scripture unfolds is we we can bounce back, not only from turning to him for perspective and help, but there is a part of us where we actually might need rest. You may need rest. And in the the passage, uh, he makes a statement about young people. It says, even youth shall faint and be weary and young men shall feel exhausted. So, have you just said recently, like, oh, man, I can't do that anymore. Like, I'm just too, too old. I actually said this to my kids. It was kind of like this past week. I said to my kids, we were there at the playground with a friend. They said, Dad, can you play tag with us? And I just said, I'm, I'm, I'm too old. Part of it was I didn't want to. If I'm full disclosure. But I was like, that was a real thought. Like, I, I mean, I could, but like, I need to like stretch it out a little bit. You know, it's like never just, you get to that point as age goes on that you have to start like contemplating your life decisions when it comes to physical movement. That's like me. Like, I can't just automatically decide I'm going to do something. I have to will myself to do it. And 
you know, that, that's in physical activity. That's also just an, an energy for life. You may work with people, and it's a new job. It's maybe their first job, and they are just so excited about it. And you may be like, dude, I remember when I was that way. You know, so it's whether physical or excitement about life, and you're just, you're in, and you have this idea of to be young again, whatever that means to you. I mean, I remember when I graduated college, and I looked at college, like, those were the good old days. Go to Fridays, late at night, sleep in. You know, I was 21, but those were the good old days. So wherever we are, that we, we, we face that. And so what he's saying is even youth, even young people, they, they hit the wall. And I think of my, my son, he's seven, my youngest, and he's like endless energy. He's always on the go. But you know what? His name's Jude. Jude hits the wall too. And when he says, like, I'm, I'm kind of tired, Dad, it's like, whoa, whoa, you need to slow down. Like, and so the, the, the writer's saying, Isaiah's saying, you know what? Even young people with their boundless energy, uh, they get weary and they feel exhausted. And then for us, it's kind of saying life, life takes its toll. And God actually set a, a pattern of rest himself, which is interesting because what Isaiah is saying is God doesn't grow faint and he doesn't grow weary. But in creation, he actually rested. And I believe that's not because he needed to, but it was to set a pattern for kind of the, the, the cycle of how life should be. You should work, and you should be responsible. And you should work and handle your responsibilities well. You please God when you do that. He doesn't want us to be lazy people. He wants us to produce things with our hands and with our minds and make good in the world. That's, that's noble. But at the same time, Rest is valuable. Rest is what allows you to get back to the work that you have to do. And so there's a part of burnout where even in your energy, even in your youth, you, you get tired and you get worn out. So you need to rest. And as God examples, is you, God never stops doing what's right, and he never stops loving us. He never stops uh, working himself. But he got this pattern of work so we could see there's times where we need to, we need to slow down. So I, I encourage you, if you're just feeling overwhelmed and stressed, it might be good to take a day where you, you do decompress. And if you're in a really busy season with work, just figure out a, a window of time where you could spend a few hours where you're not having to check your email or be attached to your phone where you can just get quiet a little bit. What you find is as you do that, it kind of helps the first part, which is God actually has some space to speak to you as well. So as you rest, God can bless you, and you can get time with other people, and that, that can really help you. And so rest might be something. The, the, the third is you turn to God for perspective of help. You might need to rest. And then I think Isaiah in this passage gives us some perspective of you, you also just need to do, do what you can. Have you ever been overwhelmed with things, and someone comes to you for something, and you just, you're just I can't do anything else right now. Like the thought of doing anything else in your life, it just is overwhelming. And there's two people he's talking to here, and this is in verse 29. It says, he gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. So there's two people that he's speaking to, and I think these are the signs of burnout. Faint, and to those who has no might. So you, you, you don't have strength and you, you don't have power. Another translation actually says, uh, he gives power to the weary 
and strength to the weak. And so when we're burnt out, most of the time we find us as somebody who's weary or weak. And when you're weary and weak, I believe it's so easy to focus on your weariness and weakness. That becomes our focal point. That becomes what, what we see. So what I want, to, want you to do right now, and this is, I want this to kind of move, move quickly, but here, here's, the, here's the promise uh, on the, the next. God gives strength to the weary. And I think all of us would say, well, that, that's, that's great. God gives strength to the weary. So what I want to encourage you is right now, take like 20 seconds. Is there stuff in your life right now that's making you weary? Like you're, you're tired out. Jot that down. Just jot those down real quick. What is making you weary in your life right now? You could jot it down. You could think about it. But just take that, take that moment. Take 15 seconds. And then the next is, is the, the next promise that God increases the power of the weak. So he gives strength to the weary, and then he increases power to the weak. So you might have identified some areas where you're weary, you're worn out. It's just, you know, overwhelming. What about some areas that you just feel weak in? Where part of what is burning you out or overwhelming you or stressing you out or frustrating is you just feel like you cannot do what needs to be done. It's not just an energy issue. It's just you don't know if you even have the competence to do it. So where is it that, that you feel weak, where you feel like you can't change? And go ahead and jot that down. I made a list for myself. You'll see it up here on the. So, uh, some areas I feel weary is like parenting, like just staying on the training of my kids, like in a way that is going to be good for them. It's going to bless them, but it's also right before God. Like I need to train them in a certain way to live as godly people. But there's times where I want to do that from the couch. It's very hard to parent from the couch. You actually have to get up, you have to engage. I'm weary in that because there's just times I don't want to do it. Um, I'm weary in planning. Like, I need to get ahead. I need to figure out my life and church and different, and I just get weary in, in planning, and that's also, I get weary in organization, just the sense of everything just seems like this ball of just a bunch of wires, and I don't know. And I'm, eh, it's there. I don't know. That's, that's me. I'm, I, I have to really work at being organized. But I get weary in that. It, it overwhelms me. And then my weakness like health, I keep saying I need to eat better, and then it's always tomorrow. And then on the weekend, it's always like Monday. And then Monday comes, and it's like, oh, there's never a better day than Tuesday. You know, Wednesday, you know, Taco Tuesday, that's tough, but, but then there's Wing Wednesday. I've never done Wing Wednesday. I just thought of that just now, but you could get my point. It's like you want to get healthy, but it's always, always tomorrow. Uh, completing tasks. I, there's just things I need to get done, and it's just, I, I don't know if I can get to that. It's, it's beyond just weary. It's like, I just, 
don't know if I'm able to do it. And then just leading. There's just times where I, I'm leading in lots of areas of my life, and I just feel weak. I like I don't know what I'm doing. So here, here's my list. And so what happens is when we're burnt out, we stare at those lists. We just look at it. Where I'm weary and where I'm weak. Where I'm weary and where I'm weak. Here's the shift that Isaiah is saying. You need to focus on God's promises, not my problems. So by me looking at that list, go back there, all I'm seeing is my problems. That's all I see. But Isaiah is saying is, have you not heard? Do you not know? And he lists all the promises of God. This is who he is. So you focus on the one who can help you with your problems, not your problems yourselves. That's how you deal with anxiety. That's how you deal with stress. That's how you deal with frustration. Focusing on your problems does not make your problems any better. It makes them bigger. What you focus on gets your attention. And so we have to make the shift. So this is what it looks like. Now, do my, my weaknesses and weary look different now? Yeah, because what am I looking at? The promise of God. In my weakness, God gives me what? Power. And then in my weariness, God gives me strength. So I can see that he will give me strength in my parenting, strength in my planning, strength in my organization. He'll give me power as I'm leading. He'll give me power as I try to change the way I eat and get healthy. He'll give me powers I complete tasks and everything on my plate. See how it's different? That's what Isaiah is saying. Focus on your promises, not your problems. It's easy for all of us to see our holes and our pitfalls, all the things that we don't do well. It's easy for us to see that in others too. And this overwhelms us. This stacks up on us. The mud just gets thicker and we trudge along. But God's saying, you, you have to look at this differently. And so when you're burnt out, some of it's just it's do the next thing on your plate. Do the basics. Take care of the things you can take care of and while you focus on the promises of God. And I want to focus on the, the last promise. In our burnout, God wants to restore us. And here's the promise at the end of Isaiah 40. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They, should run, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So this is the restoring process as you focus on God's promises in the middle of your weariness, in the middle of your weakness, he will restore you. And there's a picture here of a restoration that comes, and it's an eagle. Now, I've done more research on being an eagle this past week than I ever have in my whole life. Here's a picture of an eagle. And then here's a video of one. That's as, as, like, that's as epic as it gets. Like, there's no flying. Like, that's it. That's the most boring clip I've ever showed. There's not even any sound. But that's the point. Because what they're saying is, is, is Isaiah's saying is, is, if you turn to God and his promises, he's going to make you soar like, like an eagle. And, and it's describing this thing of an eagle. How much did you see the eagle flap? Not once. Eagles actually don't flap because of the way that they're designed and made. The more they flap, that they exhaust themselves. And so eagles are majestic because they actually don't work. They find these, these wind, um, there's a name for it. If I see it here on my, on my notes. Uh, 
wind thermals. It, not as cool as I thought it was going to be, but yeah, wind thermals. I could have remembered that, but it's this idea of there's a wind thermal that comes, and as they spread their wings, they catch this thermal, and the thermal is carrying them forward. And what the writer is saying, what Isaiah is saying to us is, check this out. You think when you're burnt out, you need to work harder in your own self-effort. They're saying, don't be a flappy bird. Be an eagle. That's all you're going to remember this whole Sunday. He said, don't be a flappy bird. That's what I got. But be an eagle. The idea is allow God and his power and his strength to move you forward. We get exhausted in our own self-effort trying to fix ourselves. You know, we're just like this. I'm so overwhelmed. I just need to go faster. And you, you, you can't. We can mount with eagle wings. And so there's a couple, couple promises. Uh, we can run and not be weary. The idea of running is when you're overwhelmed, there may be some big things that you have. And you need to speed up your momentum to get everything done. It could be a big push at work. It could be a really busy season at home. It could be a push in ministry. Like right now as we're getting ready to be started, it's this running, we're running, we're running to get this church going. And the promise is we can run and not be weary. And then the last part is that we can walk and not grow faint. These are the, the normal tasks. These are the chores, the chores in life. It's like sweeping your floor. And then you're like, how is it already dirty again? And you get worn out because you just did it? Like, what? And, and the writer's saying is, we can get burnt out by all those little things, a thousand little things. And he's saying, well, you can actually walk and not grow faint. You won't get tired of doing that things because God, God will help you. And so that's the promise. We can run and not be weary and do the big things. And we can walk and not faint and face the little things, those tasks, which as we stack all of them up on us, they overwhelm us. So I want to go back to where we started. Can... God help. I believe as we look in the truth of his word, he can. So I'm going to pray and ask God to do that for us and what you're facing and what you've, you've written down. And then Joel's going to come up and walk through some next steps. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the promise of your scripture that does give us perspective. And it's so easy for us to think that we can improve our situation uh, and there are things that we can do differently. So I, I pray that you do show us those things, shifts that we need to make. But at the same time, God, help us to realize that we need your power and we need your strength. We need your help. And so God, for the different things that are weighing upon us, we trust you with those and we ask that you'll really help us to make the changes needed and that we'll move forward. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. We're so glad knowing that you are the one that increases our strength and increases our power. In the name of Jesus, we pray.